Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing, and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and greetings. I'm John Butler, Investment Director at South Bank Investment Research. Today, I'm standing in for my colleague Nick Hubble to bring you this edition of the Week in Review with Nigel Farage. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you. Wow, lots going on, uh, both uh, in the public sphere and it seems even in your own private sphere somewhat. Well, yes, I mean, the two have overlapped rather, haven't they? Um, You know, I mean, my deciding to out myself a month ago as having been cancelled by Coots, an at-west subsidiary, um, has now exploded into a major national story and I think actually a major national scandal. I mean, it looks like up to a million people have been debanked by British banks in the last four years. There's a multiplicity of reasons. Uh, one is they're politically exposed persons, and we understand there are 90,000 people potentially on the politically exposed persons list. You know, local councillors, uh, judges, um, anybody in a position of authority, um, anybody who is potentially bribable or could be, you know, a front-runner for a Colombian drugs gang or whatever it may be, Um We've then got the category of people who were booted out for their opinions. Uh, that's me and Vickers and goodness knows who else. Um, anybody that dares to suggest that we should not all be wearing rainbow-coloured lanyards and we should have intersex changeability one day to the next. Anyone that dares to even question the wisdom of that or whether it should be taught as being normal to five-year-olds um, is in danger of upsetting their bank or building society. And then we get the really big one which is small business and cash. They are doing everything they can to drive cash out of the system. They've closed 5,000 branches all around the country, despite the fact we bailed the so-and-sos out in 2008-9. Our taxes increased to do that. Um, And basically, if you're running a small business and you've got cash to pay in once a week, once a month, they just don't want to know. They don't want to know. And the problem is, I, mean, I was talking to a woman, a woman last week who's got, who's got a fish counter. You know, brother's got a boat. She sells stuff for the shore. She actually has an, a, a card machine, but she says half the time the internet's not working. So she has to take cash. And, and, and you know, go to Cumbria. You know, go to rural England. There is no blooming internet. It doesn't work in these places. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're doing a business and your average transaction seven or eight quid, you know, and your turn's pretty small and you're paying perhaps 2% fees to a card company, well, you'd much rather take cash and your customers would much rather pay in cash and in practical terms, it works. I mean, you know, without cash, how do you tip the postman at Christmas? Uh, you know, there are lots of practical reasons why, yeah, sure, you know, going around London, you just tap, 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 and it's dead easy. But actually around the country, cash matters. I said, this is a really big one. And this is emerging as a really big one. Sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this content, you can get it every single day. Just click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com. Get a daily email from our team of experts. Thank you. One other thing I've learned, John, amazed me, NatWest again particularly. If you're a NatWest customer and you're regularly investing money through, say, Coinbase, a UK-registered, FCA-registered company, and you're investing money into cryptocurrencies, they don't want your business. So even before we go cashless, we're seeing the banks limiting 
the way in which you spend your legally earned money. I mean, go into a bank today and ask to take out two grand in cash. They'll ask you, what's it for? Now, of course, the obvious response is, what the, has it got to do with you? But if you do that, no, 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 if you do that, you've been abusive to staff. Your account will be closed. So my worry is if we go towards a cashless society, we frankly end up in the Orwellian nightmare where we'll all have personal carbon limits. You know, you want to go to Marbella for Christmas because the weather's blooming awful. No, no, sorry, you've used your carbon allowance this year. So that's another area of this. And then there is the sheer one of accounts that are particularly active and that the banks don't make much money out of. Well, all right. You know, one argument is it's a private company. It can choose who it wants to do business with. You know, the, you know, the publican can say he doesn't like the look if you get out. But on the other hand, this is now banking services are now as essential as electricity and water coming into your house. You cannot live without cards, without you know some means of direct debit payments to British Gas or whoever it may be. So they are an essential service. They virtually have a monopoly control because full banking licenses are rare as hen's teeth. Now, there are lots and lots of fintech companies, etc., but genuine full banking licenses are rare. They're hardly ever given out. You know, Metro Bank was, well, frankly, Metro Bank, when Vernon Hill opened it, that was, the, that was the first high street competitor since 1840. I mean, you know, talk about a closed shop. Um, and, and, and so, you know, there are lots and lots of reasons to say here that actually everybody should be entitled to a bank account. And we used to have this in the old days when the post office was owned by us. Um, the post office now does perform a few banking services locally. But interestingly, post office signs now going up saying maximum you can deposit is £200. NatWest from the 11th of September are putting limits on what you can put in and take out, rumoured to be £250. Australian banks last Friday announced in concert you cannot deposit or withdraw more than 500 Aussie dollars, about 250 in, in, in UK sterling terms. So when you look at what, what I've un uncovered here, um, it's multi-layered, but it gets to the heart of our financial system and how we have to live. And the extraordinary thing is that it took me to blow the whistle on this. It took me to blow the whistle on this. And to be fair to Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, he did act. You know, he sent the FCA a really strongly worded letter which, you know, said, I want urgently to find out what the scale of this problem is. The FCA, in turn, have written to the 25 leading banks and building societies and said, by the 25th of August, we want to know who have you cancelled and why? Who have you rejected and why? Uh, so there is a bit of action, but it does come right to the heart of perhaps what's going wrong with Western capitalism. The, the FCA, until this moment, have done nothing on a million people being debanked in four years. No, they're far too busy with other agendas. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Have a look at the website. Pride Month. That's what really matters. Oh, yes. Boasting about how they're all going on um, pride marches and transgender marches um, that apparently, you know, the LGBT community is a vital part of banking. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. We're all individuals. We should all be treated equally, regardless, you know, provided we're acting within the law. Regardless, but this is the disease that is running very, very strongly 
you know, the ESG culture, the diversity and initiative culture, a strange organization that has migrated to our shores from America called B Corps, who basically are saying you have to employ and overrepresent minorities. So don't pick on ability. Pick on quotas, pick on numbers. Oh, and by the way, while you're doing that, discriminate against white males. I mean, I mean the whole thing was extraordinary. The whole thing was extraordinary. And yet this seems to have run deep through our banks, deep through Costa Coffee, deep through Dr. Martins. I mean, am I going to walk into a Costa Coffee where they're advertising someone who's had breast mutilation? I, mean, I, just, I can't even believe where we are with this. And what it all means is that many of our big corporate companies are not meritocracies anymore, are not promoting people to the top, to the big decision-making positions, um, without without ability. So, so, so actually, I won't be surprised when the next banking crash comes. You know, the whole thing is crackers, and 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 while all of this is going on, you know, we overregulate and make life tough for small entrepreneurs and new entrants to come into the market. So, I see my battle really, you know, as being a much bigger battle than just my bank accounts being closed, it really is about whether we want to have, you know, meritocracy, free markets, competition, and all of those things that we know we need to have an economy that's as robust as it could be. And I just feel all of this stuff is holding us back. Um, the only good news on the horizon is that China is going through its own quite serious downturn at the moment. Um, um, so in relative terms... You know, perhaps we're not doing quite as badly as we could be, um, but but yeah, this is a this is a can of worms that I've opened, and, and this this debate, this argument, I promise you, it'll run for years, years and years. Well, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. I, what what strikes me about your comments here is that it's amazing how these supposedly quite divergent socio-economic cultural trends that have evolved in recent decades. Oddly enough, they all appear not just to overlap, but it almost as if they're part of a more general cultural phenomenon, which seems to have a lot to do with centralization, control, removal of privacy, um, moving beyond just nudging people to behave in a certain way and almost beginning in extreme cases, such as the one you've been experiencing, to almost compel them to act uh, in, in a certain way. And Kafka-esque, uh, in a Kafka-esque manner, it's not necessarily even clear why it's being done or who is ultimately behind it. Well, I mean, what you're really looking at is is the new form of Marxism. You know, this is the new hard left agenda. Um, it is, it is, well, it's much more, it's much more Trotskyite than it was Leninite. You know, Lenin was all about socialism in one country. Trotsky was about no borders, no boundaries, no countries, global revolution. Uh, so they come kind of intellectually, really, from more the Trotskyist wing. Um, they don't believe in borders. They don't believe in countries. They don't really believe in elected national governments. They believe in this sort of supranational grand structures. But essentially, they believe that the state knows best. The state knows best. And the state will decide what is right and what is wrong. And we've seen it all before. We've seen it all before. There's nothing new under the sun with humanity. We've seen it all before. 
So if you really go to the big level, you know, then the whole debate is one about freedom of the individual and choice against state operation and control. Actually, think about it. It gets back to the very reasons we set fortune and freedom up in the first place. You know, we said in the first place, whilst there are some great people that work in financial services, actually, this industry is rotten to the core. This industry acts in its own interests and frankly couldn't give a damn about you. Um, and this is why taking back control of your own money, your own destiny, your own future, being aware what the pitfalls are, being aware what the risks are, um, is kind of part of the service really that we're trying to provide. You know, we are here, we are here for free thinkers. We're here for people who share the same suspicion, you know, that I had when we launched this. And goodness me, hasn't the behavior of the banks writ large the very reasons we're here in the first place? Now, I think that sums it up very, very well. The fact is, is that uh, it has become in recent years increasingly challenging to maintain any uh, material degree of financial independence. There are things, however, that can be done around the margin. And yeah. absolutely, uh, that is the mission of fortune and freedom. And uh, <laughs> again, your recent travails uh, are just a fantastic spotlight uh, on how important it has become for yeah. people to start if they're not already, thinking for themselves, taking action for themselves to do what they can to protect themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're here, guys. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Nigel. Enlightening as always. Never a dull moment. Uh, and we'll speak to you again <laughs> next week. Thank you. Well, thank you for watching. I hope you agree. It's never been more important to take control of your own money, your own financial situation. We do a daily free email, a fortune and freedom daily email with lots of knowledge, lots of insight. It's a very useful way of protecting yourself for the future. So please click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com and get my daily email.